0: You're listening to Gizmonic Institute's Radio.
1: In the not-too-distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MST3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far To the stars, it's time for Hispanic Institute's Radio. Reactor Core Breach is contained. Please carry on with living. Holy smokes! I thought we were done for. Me too.
2: Oh man, I am
1: so giddy right now. We're alive, man! Alive! I know! Oh, this feels great. Wow, okay. I just took so much for granted. I mean, look at the stars out there. So infinite and incredible. And the air. I feel like I've never breathed such sweet oxygen in my entire life. Seth, try it. Just go on like this. <sighs> okay, okay. Oh, wow, you're right. Incredible. I've never fully realized how great it feels to breathe. Being alive is the best. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fun. Oh. Oh, but this is so great, but... oh, Wait, one thing, though. Oh, what's that? Well, if we're alive, that must mean that Nolbot is dead. Oh! Yeah! Ouch!
2: Ooh, that puts a little sting in this unending wave of bliss I'm feeling.
1: Yeah, sorry to be such a buzzkill. No, no, you're not a buzzkill. I, I
2: still feel incredible right now. It's just not as fully incredible as I did a few minutes ago one oh, I had forgotten the fact that Nobot sacrificed himself to
1: save us by patching up the reactor core breach. I'm sad that Nobot is gone, definitely, but on the flip side, I'm so just completely thrilled that I'm not dead! Uh, so, for now at least, Nobot's permanent absence from our lives doesn't affect me as much as it undoubtedly will, once this heady buzz of living wears off. In the meantime, Life Dance! Yeah! Woo! <laughs>
3: For oh, the love of science, every time I call you two are completely embarrassing yourselves. Look at you, dancing around like such fools. And for what reason?
1: Being alive. Yeah, it took a brush with death for us to really appreciate how great it is to not be dead. Woo-hoo! <laughs>
3: Each time we speak, I realize that perhaps the confines of the space station are wreaking a terrible havoc upon your crippled psyches. And that brings me immense joy. Uh, no single achievement is as fulfilling to a mad scientist as seeing his madness infect others. And yet, when I gaze upon your pasty faces, I feel no joy, but instead bitter remorse. Normally I drive people to the sort of madness that is frightening and violent, but instead you two have become silly caricatures. If I wanted to make caricatures, I would have kept my job at the mall, a job where I was paid to draw caricatures. But I wanted instead to make you into drooling, crying maniacs, not laughing giddy maniacs.
2: Hey now, I'm sorry we're such disappointments, but we need to celebrate during the happy time, before the sadness and loss we feel as a result of losing our friend sinks in.
3: Ah yes, I nearly forgot. For me, the process you're undergoing will be reversed. As you grow more upset, I will grow more happy. Happy that your Weisenheimer robot is completely melted and will darken my tower no more.
1: <laughs> huh. I kind of expected Nolbot to appear at that moment and say something mean to Dr. Odd.
2: I expected the same thing? It would have been such a perfect time for him to deliver one of his patented Nolbot zingers.
3: Zing! Uh, I knew it. I knew it was too good to be true. This is impossible. How, how are you able to survive the intense heat and radiation? It is not scientifically possible. Even mad science has no explanation.
4: Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Chief. Cool your jets. I'll explain it to you in story form. Picture your mind's eye, a robot. Me. Also, a reactor that's just spewing radiation and heat and nastiness. Now there I am, holding a chunk of metal to patch up the breach in one hand and a bottle of nuco Blue in the other.
1: Nucle glue? The adhesive strong enough to be certified by the Soviet Reactor Bureau? The one and the same. So there I am, getting ready to glue some metal over the nasty breach,
4: knowing full well that by doing so, I would be melted into nothingness in the process, when I had a stunning realization. Go on. Well, since I was activated, I've been doing routine maintenance around the station, right? Well, in my duties, I had full access to the ship's power schematics. I spent a lot of my downtime studying those schematics, since I never sleep, what was being a robot and all. One thing I never realized was that the reactor, while large and unwieldy and dangerously unstable, served absolutely no function whatsoever. It was only until I remembered that in the schematics all the wiring and piping leads to the solar arrays. The only thing that hooks to the reactor is the alarm system that sounds when the reactor goes bad.
1: Wait, so the reactor serves no purpose whatsoever?
3: Not a thing. Now hold up. It serves a very important purpose. It serves to provide dramatic effect. Mad science is as much about pageantry as it is about science.
2: So, what did you do with it, Nobot? How did you patch it up without dying? I didn't patch it up.
4: I just ejected it into space. It should be inside out of the porthole windows. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh,
1: wow, it's so radioactive looking.
4: Oh, cool! It just
2: exploded! And far enough away from us to do no harm.
3: This is an outrage. I can't believe everything worked out in your favor. I mean everything! I'm enraged! Your stupid robot friend is alive! And the reactor explosion won't even irradiate you in the slightest bit! I'm so angry right now! Seriously!
4: Easy now, Mr. Dr. Rod. There's a silver lining in all this for you.
3: Unless it involves you exploding as well. I don't want to hear it.
4: Well, the reactor explosion just some tons, literally tons, of radioactive materials into orbit around the Earth. Since the orbit is undoubtedly irregular, it will decay rapidly, and much of the radiation will fall to Earth, causing widespread damage. If it were to fall over America's breadbasket, it could spell doom for farmers, which would in turn lead to a worldwide famine.
3: I... I never even thought about that. That would be pretty okay. I, I do hate bread baskets.
4: Well, plutonium can easily be traced back to odd industries. Everyone in the world could potentially know, as they cling to the last vestiges of life, that the man to blame for their misery was none other than Dr. Odd.
3: You metallic abomination. Flattery will get you everywhere. You are absolutely right. In my bumbling, I have somehow managed to fall backwards into a diabolical scheme that could very well wring terror from the heavens. This is the best day of my entire mad scientist career. The best day of my caricaturist career being the day I was able to caricature Al Hirschfield, of course. But, well, now I feel the giddy idiocy you two were gushing about earlier. I recommend you do your audio cast before it wears off. Now, if you'll excuse me, one of my werewolf butlers just brought me a bottle of champagne. Uh, Thank you, werewolf butler.
1: Hey, that's such a great idea. While we're having our cake and eating it too, let's do our latest audio log.
3: Okay.
1: <laughs> so this week we watched MSD three K episode six, the Crawling Hand. Yes, we did. Which was it was a, it's a movie about a hand, I guess. That, yeah, it, it, and it crawls. Everything you yep. need to know about the movie is in the in the title. It really is. It's like the robot versus the Aztec mummy in that respect. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so let's let's switch things up first. Uh, okay. Th- this week, you know, just just. Little, Try to stave uh, off our space madness. Yeah. It's, it's like playing basketball but with words. Word ball. Yep. Um, so uh, let's talk about the, the movie first. Uh, sure. Before we get into the episode, let's, let's, let's go through this movie. Okay. Um, the Crawling Hand, uh, a.k.a. The Creeping Hand or <laughs> Don't Cry Wolf. Yeah, he I don't wasn't... understand that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, you know. Um, was there at any point in this movie where anyone cried wolf? Ah, jeez, I don't I don't recall that. Um. Yeah. I don't remember uh, any wolves in this movie actually. I don't either. I don't remember any crying. No. I Yeah, there was crying, I think. But not wolf crying. Yeah. Someone cried when someone like a, an astronaut died, I think.
2: Well, this was 1963. Maybe there's a wolf whistle. Maybe from a construction worker.
1: <laughs> yes. As as a pretty lady passed by. That was their one. Yep. Um it, yeah, you're right. It was released in 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, it currently has a 2.6 out of 10 rating on IMDb and a 22% Rotten rating on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Which is, uh, I think, kind of generous, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. I, I think it gets a pass because, uh, you know, it it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of funny bad.
2: Right. It's the kind yeah. of bad that, you know, you'd see on, I don't know, Mr. Science Theater 3000 for Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good point.
1: Hey. Um <laughs> it stars uh, Alan Hale, um, who played Skipper on Gilligan's Island. Gilligan, or... <laughs> hey, little buddy. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of Gilligan's Island references, like a lot of Gilligan's Island references. Yeah, like so many.
2: Which is, it's weird to me that Gilligan's Island has such a large effect on popular culture.
1: Co- Wasn't that show only on for like two seasons? Something like that.
2: Yeah, and it was terrible.
1: I could look it up on the Otternet, but I don't want to add to the Gilligan fever that's sweeping our nation. No, you don't. No. Everyone wearing those Bob Denver hats. If I have to look at another hashtag Gilligan Beliebers again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, did you hear they're they're casting the uh new Gilligan remake movie? No, I didn't. Yeah, Justin Bieber's gonna play Gilligan. I No that I wish we had died. <laughs> yeah. I don't think either of those things exist. Oh, thank God. I'm as happy now as I was when we weren't dead. Yeah. I'm I'm glad I could give you that. You brought it back to me. (laughs) It was starting to go away, but now it's back. I should be less, uh, I should moisten up my my really devastating humor. So you don't believe me next time.
2: Yeah, that was good.
1: Uh, Well, I'm sorry for making you want to die. No, no, no. I'm glad
2: that you made me want to live Uh again.
1: Yeah. Um, did you know that in 2010 there was a book um, released that is a novelization of this movie called The Four Fingers of Death? I did not know that, and I don't, again, I don't understand. No, I I hope that it's, I, I didn't look in any further into what this book is, but I really hope that it's like a scholastic book club novelization.
2: I would hope so. Like, I hope that dude, you could order it right between the Sweet Valley High and uh, the Babysitter's Club.
1: And the Garfield collection, like, 18.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And the scratch-and-sniff stickers.
1: hmm And the box children. Mm-hmm. Versus the crawling hand. Mm-hmm. I, I'd read that. <laughs> I'd read that book. We have lots um, of
2: time. We could write it.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. There's one thing that's notably not in this movie, um, and that's Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that he uh, screen-tested twice for the uh, role of the main teen antagonist? It wasn't and, meant uh, to be. No. No, it wasn't. He was... Well, I guess it wasn't because he was so bad in his uh, screen test.
2: No, I think it was because in 1963, Burt Reynolds didn't have a mustache. That's true. Nobody but wanted he, to look at this kid. Who's this kid? This baby-faced kid. He grew that mustache. Nothing but virile sexuality. That's Bam. true.
1: This would have been a different movie.
2: This would have been an entirely different
1: movie. He could have just glared at the hand, and it could it would have just given the okay symbol, and then just stopped moving. Absolutely. Yeah, it would have, have been a three-minute movie. own volition. Yeah, Burt Reynolds would have uh, gone up into space to save the astronaut at the beginning. This is the
2: time where I really wish I
1: could do a Burt Reynolds impersonation. I I wouldn't even recognize it if you did.
2: That's the thing. He, it's unrecognizable.
1: Yeah, it's It has to be seen. Yes. It has to have a mustache on the impression. Yes. Um, the uh, one last fact about this movie that I found on the OtterNet is that the mortuary that they use in the movie when they're displaying dead bodies... Um, it was the same mortuary where Bella Lugosi's funeral service was held. Whoa! Right there and there. Yeah, and that's kind of like a tie to our last movie. The Cor- yeah, the, the bride the corpse vanishes. I almost called it the corpse bride. <laughs> well, that's, that's a different movie. That's also a movie that yeah. stars yeah. Justin Bieber. Yep, it's not the bride vanishes. No. That <laughs> that's Runaway Bride right.
2: starring uh, Richard Gere with uh, Selena Gomez. Sure.
1: Again, mm-hmm. it all comes back to the Beebs. Yep. That guy, well, yeah, he's eighteen. He's a guy now. That guy. Sure, why not? Yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's let's get into this episode now that we kind of have a backstory on this uh, this great movie.
2: Yeah, I want to get my hooks right into the meaty goodness.
1: Yeah. Um, you know this this uh, episode had that only one episode before that has had what and would that one be? Doesn't count a pre-commercial segment. Yeah. Yeah. The only episode before this to have it was *The Women of the Prehistoric Planet*, mm-hmm. which you know again was out of order. Right. And there so. was
2: no there were no bots present. No. Yeah, there were not. Um but they had their buttons. Yep. Which mm-hmm. ah this is a crossover. This is uh this is things are changing. Yep. I can feel you can,
1: it. You can see the changes week mm-hmm. to week. It's uh it's like that Bob Dylan song. Yeah. Yep. The uh <laughs> uh Hurricane. Yes, that is the one I was thinking of. Yep. Um uh Cambot adds fake applause to the opening segment as well, mm-hmm. which I thought was real classy. And Joel is wearing a smoking jacket.
2: Which is incredible.
1: Yeah. He, that's a good look for him.
2: It is. He's a very yeah. relaxed looking guy.
1: Yes. I, yeah, for for being held captive in space. I, Absolutely. I think if we had smoking jackets, we might be more relaxed. Oh,
2: man. The best I could do is jean jackets.
1: Uh, we might be more we might spray paint more things if we wore those. Awesome! Now we just need some spray paint. Yeah, we,
2: we should some. really ask Doctor Odd why there's a locker full of jean jackets.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a weird. Are those like our uniforms? Because you can't see us.
2: I can't imagine because he doesn't really have an affiliation. But the couple of those jean jackets have an embroidered American flag on the back. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, and and there's just the one that says uh, VIP. mm mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what that that means i don't know yeah i don't either vip i think i think it's a new kids on the block reference oh maybe that just that just digs this hole deeper i can't believe we've gone into this rabbit hole i let's dig ourselves out and talk about the invention exchange absolutely (laughs) so uh joel presents what he calls the safety saw which is just an excuse for him to pretend to saw fake fingers off his hand
2: which is prophetic
1: Yes, yes, it is.
2: Because that is an actual product now, a saw that detects human flesh and stops immediately. It's called the stop saw. The stop saw, not the safety saw. No, not the safety saw, not the child's t- plaything that Joel used.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. It's, uh, yeah I've, I saw a video on OddTube um, where a guy put a hot dog in it and it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool.
2: Well, it's cool, but how many times have you been cutting wood using a hot dog to push it? I would say zero.
1: <laughs> well, you, sir, have not taken my carpentry class.
2: Also, what if you're really hungry and a whole hot dog is just too much? My, uh, How are you uh, going to make th- that into two halves of a hot dog?
1: <laughs> Back on Earth, I used to teach a carpentry class. It was called uh, Savory Meats and Carpentry.
2: <laughs> oh, down and, to the uh, community college.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. Was- it was part carpentry, part butchery. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the stop saw really kind of put a, the kibosh—no pun intended—on uh, on my whole operation. But you know. I hate it. Yeah,
4: Safety's so I, not fun.
1: I, I have used uh, I have used a hot dog to push some lumber more than one time. Okay, in my day.
3: <laughs> well, I now I just feel
1: foolish. Yeah, it's okay. Not everyone does carpentry that way. Don't worry about it. It's very avant-garde. the uh mads uh invention exchange was the limb lengthener um which they used to stretch out larry's arm yeah it's kind of another one of those toss-ups where it's like yeah neither of these are really helpful no or evil although when joel does cut off his fake fingers i do enjoy how you kind of get a glimpse on how the mads actually maybe do care about him because they look scared
2: they did yeah how is he going to push the button if he doesn't have fingers yeah, Although I guess I it's no, a big button and he no kind of slaps it anyway.
1: But yeah, still. It's, yeah. Okay, so after the invention exchange, um, we go into the theater, mm-hmm. and uh, we find out that the movie, as we mentioned, stars Alan Hale, a.k.a. Yep. the skipper from Gilligan's Island. Hey, little buddy. Yeah, there's a lot of Gilligan's Island references that follow throughout this movie.
2: Yep. How can you help it, though?
1: It's true. I mean, I guess I, I remember from, uh, from some of the episodes I watched down on Earth, uh, of later seasons, they kind of make reference to that because he's in several other of the movies that they, uh, yeah. you know, prolific actor Alan Hale. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, and... Uh, accolade
2: says, upon accolade has been heaped upon mm-hmm. Alan Hale.
1: A, a skipper's hat. Mm-hmm. The uh, Bob Denver hat of courage. Yes. It's, it's a bunch of it's hat-based awards mostly. Uh-huh,
2: except for the Nobel Prize in economics, which... Yeah. Has international weird. trade theory changed the way we think about
1: international trade. But hey mm-hmm. Well it's it's a coconut based system called Haleism. Yep. And uh it, it, there there's a reason that Hawaii has so much money. Yeah. I don't know. Um but enough about Alan Hale. Uh <clears throat> there, there there's some jokes that pop up every once in a while that really kind of showcase the uh, intellect of the people writing right and where they're the, coming from. Yeah and I think one of those that you pointed out
2: yeah there was a Helvetica joke during the credits and this was you know, this was 1989 so font treatments weren't the sort of thing that everybody knew about nowadays you, you got your computers you have got your OtterNet you just type things in there and you if you're, if you're writing a paper you have thousands of choices uh, how you could make it look and so now everybody, everybody yeah. knows what Helvetica is or, or
1: up here on these computers you have Helvetica you have Times New Roman you or monotype Old English. Yes. Yeah. Those are the three fonts that we have up here in space.
2: Uh, you know what I hate is that Comic Sans is the default.
1: Yeah, that's. It kind of fits with Doctor Odd's whole mad scientist thing. I
2: know, but it just—it's hard to take anybody seriously That's who true. uses Comic Sans. But yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I just thought that that was an awesome joke. Given, I, I mean, in 1989, if you had gotten that, it would have been an obscure reference. So yes. And for me, obscurity the greater the obscurity the greater the potential for comedy. hmm So in nineteen eighty nine some guy who, you know, worked as a typesetter was on the on his on the floor laughing.
1: Oh he's right, Helvetica. Yeah, my hands are stained with ink <laughs> is something he also said. That's true, every day. Yeah. Um so uh back to the, the uh next segment. Um the it's kinda of one of those weird ones. Mm hmm It wasn't terrible, but uh the robots are bowling and uh apparently um through conversation they kind of let slip that they have the ability to smell
2: yeah right which Joel doesn't even know about despite the fact that he built them um out of extra parts but
1: yeah i don't know maybe they did some modifications maybe yeah uh but Joel wants to play something called murderball right which uh is is actually it's a uh, wheelchair rugby yeah is what murderball actually is right um and that was a thing, back like in the seventies. Really? So I wonder, I wonder if that you know he was making an actual murder ball reference. Like the the movie didn't come out till two thousand five. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But uh, yeah. The bots don't want to play, and they get in an argument, and then they declare Joel uh, the winner of everything forever. Mm-hmm. Which I, is actually kind of cool if you think about it. But I think it was just their way of getting out of playing. It's cop out. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he laments giving them free will, which I think is a terrible thing to do anyway.
2: Lament giving a robot free will?
1: No, give the give them free will. I I realized we did that to Nobot, but I think
2: I was the, to be fair. I was listening to a lot of Rush. Yeah. When uh, when I built
1: Nolbot, the propensity for Nolbot to overpower both of us, considering you know we just gave him like pretty much ninety percent of his body's nerf, mm-hmm. um, I th- it's pretty low. Yeah. But, you know, Joel is in the minority of these robots up on, on his space station. That's true. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd feel scared if I had, you know, two angry, rampant robots. But, you know, wow. that was his choice. So, it was. Yeah. <gasps> anyway, back in the theater. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, so one of my favorite things that the bots do is uh, make self-referential jokes. Yeah. And I think this might be the first time um, in the show that that one of them has done it. But Tom Servo makes a Tom Servo joke. Yeah, he
2: does. Yeah,
1: he he references how he uh, wants that kind of arm control, the same arm control that the uh, crawling hand has.
2: Yeah, yep. it's uh, it's a completely meta joke.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're also they're also real big into the puns. This episode, did you notice that?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very punny.
1: Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, there was uh, there was one particularly where uh, they turn they they're just kind of going pun after pun after pun. Yeah, and uh, they turn Mister Misty into Mister Mister into Mister Misty Meaner. Yeah, and then Joel goes, "Is that where you get when you rob a Dairy Queen?" Mm-hmm. Which took me a second. Yeah, because isn't there a Mister Misty at Dairy Queen? I love yeah, I love the okay. slow
2: uh, slow burner. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think. I, I have a theory about that. Um, Please. About uh, this really pun-heavy episode. The uh, This this movie wasn't as wacky as the last two that we watched. No. In terms of content. And I think that there wasn't as much stuff to just kind of like be like, whoa, hey, re- reactionary riff. And so they ended right. up kind of just making their own jokes. They
2: had to go their own way.
1: Yeah, like the, the Mr. Misdemeanor <laughs> joke happened in just like some <laughs> dumb scene where a, a woman is like walking around a house with a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah pretty effective though oh yeah
2: so. works great
1: uh tell us about the uh the next segment here
2: oh the second segment where the crawling hand attacks joel and the bots yes yeah <laughs> uh they take a little page from the william shatner school of acting and they take turns doing death scenes um shatner style
1: yeah you know i, I was listening back to some of our old audio logs, and you did a, a pretty good william shatner Oh, I real early can't online.
2: have done better than Shander himself. <laughs> it's
1: pretty good, though.
2: Well, I watch a lot of Priceline commercials.
1: Is that what he does? Uh, I don't know. It's been so yep. long. Yeah, he he is the Priceline negotiator. Right? Oh man! Yeah. At least he was back when you know we were on Earth, and I all I too watched a lot of Priceline commercials, yep. and a lot of uh, Boston Legal reruns. <laughs> 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 there are. Uh, William Shatner's Two career highs. Yep,
2: and I used to watch a lot of T.J. Hooker.
1: Mm, yeah, he has a uh, he has several albums,
2: which are brilliant.
1: Yeah, they're on uh, they're on Audify, so uh, <laughs> I'll I'll send you some of the tracks. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Have you friended me?
2: Because I think there's only three people on Audify. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's you me, and Nobot. He's just he's just listening to dubstep.
2: Oh, all the time. Yeah. hmm He's always yeah. like, check out the Skrillex. Check out. Yeah. It's like, man, I heard it all before yeah he's like whoop whoop
1: whoop and we're like no thank you oh
2: here comes the bass
1: drop but to be fair dubstep does sound like robot lovemaking it does yeah it
2: uh it really hits all the high notes for yeah just think
1: about that listeners um audio log recipients Mm -hmm. next time you're listening to some skrillex just think about two robots having a tender moment
2: (laughs) i'm gonna listen to some skrillex right now
1: yep well, we should finish the audio log first. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, I just want to prove what he said was right. But okay, ah, fair enough. Uh, so, back back to the movie. Um, the, okay, so this 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 movie um, was made in 1963, well, mm-hmm. released in 1963, right? Um, Pre moon landing, six years, and uh, like it's kind of weird to watch a a movie about like the moon landing in particular i mean th- it's not the central plot of this movie but it's kind of the the thing that starts everything off because i don't know if it was just the writers of this movie or the american public that but like no one had really had any idea like th- i guess nasa wasn't a household name yet but uh the the g-men in this movie called themselves space operation
2: yeah i NASA had to have been a household name by then. I mean, yeah.
1: wasn't it? Had been around only five years.
2: But we had sent a man into orbit.
1: Yeah, that's true. But maybe they thought space operation did it. Maybe
2: maybe NASA was a registered trademark of the United States government.
1: Maybe. You'd think they'd be wanting some publicity. You would.
2: Well, yeah. you would think that's fledgling operation. Yeah. Those cool. rough and tumble kids.
1: Yeah. Who knows? I I don't know. Space operation just sounds like a really hard board game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard because you're in zero-G, so the parts yeah. just either float out or mm-hmm. just float up inside, and you always set off the buzzer. And boy, does that thing scare me. Yeah,
1: I, I know. That's why we had to jettison our copy of Space mm-hmm. Operation. hate it. Now, now all we have a Space Battleship, <laughs> which is just dumb. Yep.
2: It's not as much a. fun when there's a Z-axis. It's way more difficult. Yeah.
1: B4X... Yeah. I don't know where that is. Oh, you you sunk my asteroid. Yep. It was a decoy. <laughs> that was that was a good that was a good move. That's how Picard won the Kobayashi Maru. Mm hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Alright. Uh <laughs> so uh the uh third segment, um oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. The the third segment. The uh the bots claim not to be scared of the concept of a crawling hand. Right. Which is uh you know, I guess, to a robot, that wouldn't be scary, or as scary. Uh, they sort of covered this in one of the previous episodes. I think it was the... Uh, was it the robot versus the Aztec mummy? Uh, or was it... Uh, was it the mad monster where they're talking about uh, dismembering and dismemberment and how they didn't understand how it related to... Right, I,
2: I can't again. remember the exact episode, but yeah, uh, how uh, they didn't understand what would happen if Joel's head was removed. Right, yeah. Which we, yes, did, yes, yes. we agreed
1: was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you needed medical attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, giving those robots free will and outnumbering yourself—bad idea.
2: Yeah, giving them free will but no
1: like knowledge of human anatomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but so they uh, there's there's a the, the whole time that this segment is happening, um, Joel is going over in graphic detail the ways that the, uh, a dismembered hand could kill the robots, right. and they start kind of getting freaked out, and a giant inflatable hand is in like like i like i'm talking about like bouncy house sized <laughs> hand yeah is like audibly inflating behind that
2: right like outside of a uh, used car dealership on President's day sale sort of mm-hmm. uh inflatable and you
1: can hear the air compressor right, right? like i i, I when we were watching this i remember kind of like looking away and uh then hearing <laughs> and i was like what is, <laughs> what is that noise i thought something was wrong with our ship again
2: yeah no uh, thankfully
1: Yeah, and finally the hand inflates fully and sneaks up behind them and scares Crow, which I guess it turns out they were scared of a dismembered hand. Yep. But then uh, back in the theater after the break, uh, it's revealed that the inflatable hand was just Gypsy in a giant hand costume. Yep. Which I think maybe not a punchline that was worth
2: no, no. the
1: cost of a giant inflatable hand. Yeah.
2: But I you know, maybe he had one laying around. He was a prop comic.
1: That's true. That that actually probably is. Gallagher has dozens. <laughs> dozens of inflatable hands. Yep. Yeah. Or maybe they just took it off like a giant inflatable Paul Bunyan. <laughs> that sounds like something you might do in Minnesota. Sure. Yeah. Um by this point in the movie I think it's uh kind of it I wouldn't say they're getting old, but the uh, the Gilligan's Island references are starting to, uh, you know, maybe start to wear out their welcome a little bit.
2: Right, they're coming bang, bang, bang at this Mm -hmm. point. They're kind of overtaking the other the rest of the humor.
1: Although there was a point where near the very end of the movie, where they reached, I think, you know, the equilibrium and started to be funny again. (laughs) Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, I, I. I, I can always laugh at a Gilligan's Island reference in yeah. a Gilligan's Island setting. I can I just we, laugh at
2: the idea that that show existed. Yeah.
1: Well, okay, what about this? Do you think that The Crawling Hand exists in Gilligan's Island canon somewhere? Yep. Like, was this what the Skipper did before he just quit it, the force? I, I want it
2: to because I so badly want a Crawling Hand Harlem Globetrotters crossover.
1: Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. the The crawling hand could have been like a guest on the show. Yeah, on Gilligan's Island, like featuring the crawling hand from this other movie that the skipper was in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so the skipper has to deal with. He's not the skipper yet, but he he sees this crawling hand at, when, he, when he's a police. Was he the chief?
2: Yeah, I think he was the chief or the sheriff, or he, he was. He was uh, in.
1: A, he was in an authority position. Yeah and that just causes him to just all out quit the force. Yeah. And he he buys a minnow. He buys a ship called the Minnow. Sure. And he just gives tours to people. Right. And just you know, hangs out and uh
2: gets yeah. stranded on an island inexplicably.
1: Yeah. And yeah, and that's and that's when Gilligan's Island starts because yep. he, he you know, the weather started getting rough and his <laughs> uh his tiny ship was tossed. Yep. And uh even though it was a tiny ship, it did have a fearless crew that kept the minnow from getting lost. Thank God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just a crew of two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I can't think of the next lyrics. Yeah, I can't either, and I mm-hmm. I don't know whether
2: to be sad or relieved.
1: Yep. I so I say both. Sad, leave. The millionaire and his wife. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. The, oh, there was another reoccurring joke I kind of wanted to bring up that they 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 kept kind of harping on that it also became sort of funnier as they uh as they sort of went on um the uh whenever okay a little backstory into the movie if you're not watching along with us whenever one of the characters come becomes possessed by the uh, crawling hand uh they they show that by just putting a bunch of really dark makeup around their eyes right and every time that happened they were like oh it's that guy from the 80's band you yep. may or may not have heard of like you know oh it's a guy from The Cure it's
2: Robert Smith
1: of The Cure yeah yeah that's the guy um Finding Cannibals was another band yeah <laughs> which
2: yeah. my favorite was the traffic. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah it was good and but, then they referenced a bunch of 80's bands I'd never heard of yeah I
2: yeah I can't even recall but that's yeah. okay
1: yeah but yeah there was another good reoccurring joke that mm-hmm. I think they had to kind of put that in there to make up for the fact that, you know, the, like this movie wasn't as wacky as the other movies. Right. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, especially compared to, to the Corpse Vanishes.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: That movie's crazy. Yeah. Um, final segment. Um, so we've been sort of uh, ragging on this whole hot ram, chips, and dip for a good thing and a bad thing from the movie. And uh, – when you and I were watching this, literally, we at the same time said to each other, "I it, it seems like even Joel is getting tired of this." Yeah,
2: he yeah. definitely seemed uh, pretty pretty over the, yeah. the hot ram chips and dips. He's dip. just like, "Uh, oh, hot ram chips
1: and dips." Yeah, no, I think
2: maybe he fun. he started to figure out that ram chips are kind of uh, not something that a robot would be that excited to eat because they were expensive in 1989.
1: Yeah, well, but they're also like pure silicone memory, <laughs> right? It could be like protein. Oh, that, for that's, humans. That's true. Yeah, but it it was a funny pun. But we're we're what six episodes in? Yeah, and yeah.
2: Puns have a very short shelf life,
1: like three. Mm-hmm. Three times. Three shelves. Yes, three shelves worth of puns. Yep. Um. Oh, and they uh, they got some fan mail. I think this is the first time. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean. Well, other Nothing. than the one that was out of yeah. order, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, some uh, some kid drew some pictures of the bots. A kid yeah.
2: who's a grown up
1: now, who's yeah. our age or yeah. perhaps older, probably, probably his kids of his own. Who, well, that that's something I think that I don't know. I I don't watch a lot of TVs, um Well, I don't watch any TV now that we're stranded in space. But no. uh, when I was down on Earth, I didn't watch a lot of TV, particularly children's TV. And, uh, is writing into shows and, like, drawing pictures of stuff still a thing? Because I remember when I was a kid, that was, like, a, you know... Oh, yeah. big thing.
2: Yeah, I would write into any show that would say, to write in. Yeah. Uh, I would write into magazines, my favorite mm-hmm. video game magazines.
1: Yeah. I think that might be a lost art sort I of thing.
2: I think it is. And you know what else has gone forever? Envelope art. <gasps> yeah. Isn't that sad? That is sad. We should petition for some envelope art, but... We'd have to figure out a way to get physical mail into yeah. outer space.
1: We need, yeah. If you want to draw on an envelope and take a picture of it and then mail <laughs> it, email the picture to us or put it on our Facebook. We would, we would love that. Absolutely. Um. Okay. So. Uh. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um. The episode ends. Uh. uh Larry is assaulting Doctor Forrester with. Now he has two giant arms. Yeah. Presumably from the earlier experiment, mm-hmm. or maybe for some other reason. I don't know what they're doing down Who there. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, then they press the button and it's over. Yep. <sighs> it's always so sad. Uh, yeah, it's was it my turn to do twenty second recap this week? Yeah, it
2: was. Okay. Wait. Um, let me get out the uh, the stopwatch
1: that I yes. have here,
2: and I'll that, set it up.
1: I'm so glad it's not. Uh, we used it to count down our doom last week. I know. Yeah, or count up. I think RDL, the
2: settings yes. might still be there. I need to uh, just erase those really quickly here. Counting up to doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okie dokie. Uh,
1: if you are ready. I am so ready. And go! Um, an astronaut gets infected by the moon and then crashes to earth and then his hand crawls and like strangles people. And then the skipper quits his job and becomes a sailor and they all go live on Gilligan's Island. The professor makes things out of coconuts
4: wow
2: that was a new record yeah yeah
1: i also managed to span the whole gilligan verse i know
2: yeah and you forgot uh the harlem globetrotters came and showed them what it means to love oh but that's okay that's only a one second penalty because that was 11 and a
1: half seconds oh wow yeah yeah (laughs) amazing (laughs) i was pretty good (laughs) yeah well you know hey next week next week just just wait You'll be able to get it. Uh, I can't beat that eleven and a half seconds, man. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, let's go through the top five riffs of the movie. Let's do it. Oh, th-
2: it's not our movie. The can't take movie that someone this. else made. It feels it, like it belongs to all of us. But these because are our top, top five Because it's probably in the public riffs. Riffs. domain.
1: Yeah, it, most likely. Right. I I think it's actually uh it's it's a Rhino Home Video property. Oh man. Yeah. So I was well, hoping it something. was in a an Orion Pictures joint, but okay. Yeah. Who knows? All right, um, the number five riff, our favorite riff from oh, the movie, is the elderly physician. Uh, for, I don't remember his character name, but he first appears on the screen, and Joel very enthusiastically shouts, Look, it's Ed Bagley Sr.
2: Yeah, and it was such a great joke because the more you looked at the guy, you realized that was probably <laughs> what Ed Bagley Sr. looks like.
1: Yeah. He looked yeah. like
2: Ed Bagley Jr., but old. Yep. It was incredible. That is, that is true. I loved it. That was yep. that that was my favorite rip. Well, well, there was a lot of good ones. Uh like number the next one was uh, when the teenage protagonist is <laughs> he's murdering the owner of the local malt shop who was uh, a character or he played a character on My Three Sons, I believe. Really was uh, he of The Sons? What? no, no, no. He was uh, the old <laughs> yeah. He was an old. He was the oldest son. He was the fourth, forgotten son.
1: I want them to remake My Three Sons, but have it just be about Star Wars, uh, Planet Tatooine. <laughs> that's what's that's
2: a Star Wars joke. What's a Star Wars joke? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, as he's murdering this old man, the uh, the local the the the, uh, the jukebox at the malt shop is playing "Bird Is the Word" again, but Joel is singing along, saying. <laughs> murders the word mur mur, mur- murders, the, murder's word. the word mur mur bird mur- bird mur- mur- murder murders the word <laughs> and it just kept going and it wasn't one of those things that kept going and got worse it got better yep. as he did it
1: yep because it, yeah it it went on for the, the murder scene was a long murder scene it was a long murder yeah very lengthy
2: murder you got to get in or, you got to get out i've yeah. been told
1: you can't you can't play the jukebox there's Even no dilly-dallying
2: for you. when it comes to murder
1: yeah um <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about O.J. Simpson listening to like Waterfalls by TLC, <laughs> but I don't think that song was out at the time. I don't care because yeah. it should have been. It, it was in it response to. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy,
2: O.J. Oh. Simpson's got a natural reaction. Oh, anyway.
1: <laughs> That was pretty good. Thanks. Um, our number three uh, favorite riff from the movie is at the beginning of the movie. Uh, with Tom and Crow riff so that it appears that the countdown to the oxygen depletion, um, as the astronauts crashing to Earth, they're counting down the oxygen depletion. They riff so it appears that that is actually countdown to one of the scientists slapping the table.
2: Yeah, like ten seconds till slapping the table.
1: And they keep doing the radio thing, like "our right, are right, slapping the table in ten ten seconds, moving to the table and." It's one of those things where those riffs aren't necessarily the funniest, but the payoff is great. Right, because as soon as they hit zero, the guy just slams his hands down <laughs> the table. Can't. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they sla- slap slap on the table. Achieved.
2: <laughs> uh, early on in the movie, at the at the malt shop, which is something that uh, people used to go to with their best girls, uh, one of the teenage girls. I think the is it the Swedish girl
1: or uh, the probably. or her friend.
2: And we'll it's, say it's the Swedish girl. It's the Swedish girl. She's drinking a glass of milk, and Joel remarks, "That's not milk. That's pancake batter." She's drinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that just it made me yeah. gag a little bit. Yeah, kind of gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay, oh, <laughs> so our number one favorite riff from this movie. Oh man, is uh we both laughed unquestionably yeah during one of the scenes where the crawling hand is just you know crawling around Crow says uh, I recognize him he used to be with Def Leppard yes yeah, absolutely hey what has seven arms and sucks uh Def Leppard absolutely (laughs) oh boy there it is hey so let's rate this movie real quick um it wasn't as weird didn't lend itself to uh you know, as many weird riffs. Right. But I feel like they had they they really put in the extra riffin mile for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give this uh, four point five fingers out of um, a thumbs up by a crawling hand. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like this was one where they really got to like they really kind of got the riffing uh, riffs per minute to a point yep. where it's just just it's perfect. So yep. or starting to be perfect. So yeah, I want to give this. Uh, uh one fist up which
1: is a sign of solidarity yes it is Mm -hmm. especially in the crawling hand community Mm -hmm. of course yeah it's also their greeting yeah yeah so uh even though we thought we were gonna die uh we did not put out a call for your uh your letters or anything we had our uh friend steve um on our our facebook group uh you know, write us some questions. So we'll uh, we're gonna read those and try and give our best answers to sure. them. Yeah. Um oh so glad we didn't die by the way. Uh, but, I am
2: still so excited. Yeah.
1: To be alive. Okay. So Steve from Facebook, here here's his first or I guess questions and comments. First one is he says, I suppose a positronic brain counts as an Asmov reference as the next generation borrowed the term from him. Facts Yes. So another Asmov reference that we missed, like we said we were going to because neither of us are real familiar with Mr. Asimov's work. Ah, uh, no. no. He was yeah. a regular scientist, so
2: we can't really get any books of his up here.
1: No, no. And, yeah, he's a regular scientist and good author.
2: Mm, yeah, not a mad scientist.
1: Yeah. And or bad author, which is right. the only books that... So many Judy Bloom books up there. And, Dune, and Dean Kuntz books everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and a lot of copies of Dial M for Murder. So <laughs> like a whole, If I have a to read Tuesdays thing. with Morrie again, I swear to god I'm going to mm-hmm. You you can borrow my copy of the uh the uh, Da Vinci Code uh, again. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. Yeah. What what was the other Dan Brown book? Angels and and angels and, and, and Devils. Angels and Demons. Yes. I almost I almost called it Angels and Airways, but that's the band that Blink-182 made. Oh, I
2: almost called it Angels in the Outfield, but that's a movie about it's a kid Christopher who's Christopher Lloyd. Whose dead dad uh Fields for the Angels or something. It, I don't no,
1: know. No, is Christopher Lloyd that kid's dead dad?
2: No, Christopher I don't Lloyd so. is Doc Brown.
1: No, but he's the angel in The Angels in the Outfield. Man. He is? Yes. I've never seen it. Oh, no. I was more of a rookie of the year man myself. I think you're thinking of Jack Frost, where the kid's dead dad is a snowman. Oh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, you're thinking of that Campbell's Soup commercial, where the snowman comes in and eats some soup and turns and into turns a kid. And turns into a
1: child. <laughs> He was actually a child that was eaten by a snowman <laughs> right yeah, it was a weird symbiotic thing, so Steve, yeah, positronic brain, thank you for pointing mm-hmm. that out um uh his second question slash comment is uh there's a missing riff that surprises me. I kept expecting uh when we had the photographer editor and spunky woman reporter together to get a Superman riff, which
3: oh yeah, makes sense,
1: yeah, maybe uh maybe the uh people who are writing the show um. Mike Nelson being one of the people were too busy worrying about typesetting to mm-hmm. read comic books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, well, there's one point. way to fix that, and that's a time machine. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> he he asks uh, if you're not a radioactive vapor, can you find out if Doctor Odd has a corpse stealing hunchback or did that go out with Bella Lugosi? <laughs> Ooh,
2: that's um, a good I know idea. he
1: has a whole bunch of werewolf butlers. Yeah, and which is what- weird
2: because most estates have one butler. And then yeah. other servants, but he has hundreds of butlers.
1: Yes, yeah, so many. That, so do you realize how many cummerbunds he probably has to launder right. every week?
2: And do you, I mean, can you imagine how in order is his, are his household affairs? I
1: would say very. Yeah, very. Very. Unless, that unless the household butlers. affair is meat that isn't eaten. Mm-hmm. Because werewolves love eating meat. Who, this is what I want to know. Who polishes the silver? Ooh. Not the werewolf
2: butlers. No, his silver's tarnished. Yes, that's a
1: good point. We need to bring that up. I'm absolutely good. sure that we do. Goodness gracious! Um, and also, uh, I don't want to sound racist or anything, but from what I've heard about werewolves, they kind of like stealing corpses. Yeah. So I think he's kind of got that taken care of. Right. But we'll we'll find out. I think I think maybe he could use a hunchback down down in wherever he is yeah something yeah. Uh, an intern yeah maybe from a prestigious science like from MIT or something yeah maybe just an intern with bad posture I think that's kind of maybe more of the uh, you know the 21st century solution to the hunchback yeah
2: cause you don't see a lot
1: of hunchbacks these days no just an in, an intern with some bad posture yeah maybe like uh you know really
2: low self esteem so he slouches mm-hmm. a lot some
1: hygiene issues mhm oh well that's not gonna be hard to find yeah uh, That's true. Most yeah. interns have hygiene issues. Mm-hmm. See? There, there we go, just being... Uh, God, we're so internist. In, we're so incendiary, <laughs> to this, this episode. Well, uh, thank you, Steve, for writing us, even though we, you thought we might be dead. Yeah. We appreciate, I, I appreciate that, your that faith. That is dedication. Um, if you want to be like Steve, um, and you don't want to write uh, like a full email to us or anything, you just want to talk to us on Facebook, we'll talk back to you. Yeah, we'll um, do it. Yeah, uh, you can write us on there. It's, it's easier. We're uh, com slash uh, – Ah, crap. More editing for myself to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what we – I think it's MST3K Podcast. Or Gizmonic Institute's Radio. I think it's Gizmonic Institute's Radio because I spelled one of – Yeah. So if you want to uh, look us up on Facebook we're facebook.com/ gizmonic institutes radio so uh, yeah easy place to get a hold of us um, you know what else is an easy place to get a hold of us Seth
2: um, if they hang out in the, uh, the broom closet here well or yes. the jean jacket closet.
1: I was actually, actually thinking of our Twitter Oh, is Twitter's a great MST3K place MST3K underscore podcast Yeah. Um, thank you to uh, oh, Special thanks to uh, Torque underscore 110 who sent us an awesome Screenshot of women of the prehistoric planet Yeah, I loved it Yeah, um, It was our also, favorite
2: scene from that movie
1: Yes, the, it was the log crossing <laughs> Right, nothing like great. a good
2: log crossing
1: Yeah uh, I, I kind of want to like Photoshop some stuff Into that scene Oh, that's a great idea so we should see if we can get uh, some – it would probably be Otter Shop. Mm. But that sounds like it's something that has to do with otters, yeah. which is kind of cool. Like cleaning clams on our bellies. Yeah. It's looking adorable. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's a belly clam cleaning simulator. <laughs> slash RPG. Right. Slash strategy game. Um, yeah, but thank you to Torque Underscore 110, uh, Renegade Lemur, Extra Life Church, Section 8 Dad – uh just everyone, uh Kent Doggy Dog blowing uh, oh, up. Yeah, everyone who uh, talked to us on Twitter this week. Thank you, you guys are awesome. Um oh hey, and guess what else? Uh we're you know how much closer we are to getting rescued, Seth? No. Two reviews on iTunes closer to getting rescued. Wow. Yeah. Uh to uh so we got reviews from Rick underscore S E and Comic Timekeeper, so thank you guys. Cool. For, uh, Sending us reviews because, you know, when you review us on iTunes, then we might get on New and Noteworthy or Featured Podcast page and someone important will hear us. Yeah. Maybe Vice President Joe Biden will hear us. I hope
2: so. That guy's or a root.
1: Batman could hear us too. And they'll say, hey, these guys need to be rescued. Let's launch a spaceship.
2: Operation Batman Space Rescue. Yes. Oh, that's what it would be called. If Probably. Joe Biden were running it, that's what it yes. would be
1: called. <laughs> if Batman were running it, it would just be called Tuesday. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what Batman does. So, yeah, help, help Batman hear our show. Give us a review on iTunes. Yeah,
2: iTunes, it raises our prestige uh, mm-hmm. levels. And yeah, uh,
1: we need prestige. So we can play Call of Duty with Batman. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Rick underscore SE and Comic yeah. Timekeeper. Yeah for the iTunes reviews uh yeah find us on Facebook follow us on Twitter and give us a review on iTunes please we love you each and every one of you
2: oh no but I just want to say that I'm really happy with the way everything turned out
1: I am too I mean even Dr. Odd is happy and he's never happy
4: well he'll probably be upset when all the radioactive materials burn up in the friction of Earth's atmosphere wait
2: what what are you saying I'm saying that all the stuff I told him about death and
4: destruction is pretty unlikely. And by unlikely, I mean not even possible. There was a negligible amount of plutonium in that reactor, enough to destroy all of us here on the station, but not nearly enough to make it to the surface of Earth. More radiation gets into the air when people get a dental x-ray than will make it to the Earth from that crappy reactor explosion. So wait,
1: if there wasn't very much nuclear fuel on board the reactor, then how did it explode so spectacularly? Yeah,
2: that was pretty dramatic. Guys,
4: are your secondary memory drives failing? Of course it would explode dramatically. It was built for drama, remember? Oh,
3: uh, it was for drama! Duh. Yes, of course. Oh, look. For once, you guys aren't acting like idiots. Other than your faces, I mean. <laughs> what, what...
1: What does that mean? Seriously? Are, are you saying our faces are idiots? Because that doesn't make sense. How can a face be
3: an idiot?
4: I too am baffled by this. A face could look idiotic, I suppose, but
3: it couldn't be an idiot. Just be quiet. I'm in too good a mood to have you idiot faces ruin it with your semantic nitpicking. You understand the intent of my insult, so just just roll with that.
4: I understand your intent, but your statement ironically made you
3: the idiot. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. idiot. Well, okay. well, congratulations, robot man. You've ruined my good mood. For punishment. I'm going to remotely alter your chore schedule, and put your least favorite chore at the top of the priority list.
4: No, you don't mean-
3: Yes, you must watch and analyze the entirety of Steven Spielberg's A.I.
4: No! That movie is an assault to the senses of robots everywhere, please don't make me watch it. It's so
3: long, and dumb, and boring. Too bad, Tin Man. I'm uploading the control overrides now, you can view it in the room where you're too goofy human friends watch mst3k i hate <laughs> this so much
1: dr odd that was really cruel of you
3: well but uh, thank you i you really think so i mean my goodness i uh, you can't see it but i'm blushing right now
2: no we can see it this screen is two-way remember
3: uh, of course i of course i remember i created this thing didn't i, I
1: then why is it that you rarely wear pants during our communications?
3: Because. Uh, because I'm evil? Look upon my chonies of doom and shudder, foul subjects.
2: Wow, this day has been an emotional
1: roller coaster. I'll say, I think I need a nap. Oh, a zero G nap? Oh, that sounds great. To the zero G room! Oh, I am gonna nap so hard. Transmission complete.
3: Dream of chonies, my subjects. Uh.